Isn't black like a mix of all the colors put together? So I thought the rainbow was still all the colors. Well, like mixed. Hey, welcome to Only the Best. It's Dan, as always, and Tim, as mostly always. Pretty much. Pretty much. This episode, we're talking about the album Made of Tongue by Switchfoot. We go into a review. Uh, we're talking about that with our good friend Paul, yep. who is quite knowledgeable about all things Switchfoot. Uh, and we do go into some uh, other topics throughout the thing. I, I, this episode is about twice as long as our normal episodes, just because there were so many rabbit trails and good stuff, and I, I just couldn't. So depending on how you like us, we're either welcome or we're sorry. Yeah, yeah, you're welcome or we're sorry, one or the other, uh, I, but I, I prefer you're welcome. I would hope it's you're welcome, but you never know. Yeah, I don't. I had fun recording it. I did. Um, Even though I, was, I barely said anything, I, I liked <laughs> I liked but, it. Yeah, you did. Uh Paul and ourselves have a lot of conversations about music. So throughout the episode, you'll think you'll you're, you'll hear him say things like, "Like I said before," or "I've said before," and he's talking about conversations we've had mm-hmm. in the past uh, until about the last half or twenty minutes or so. Uh, <laughs> you'll hear something like that because about I don't know thirty minutes after we started, we got about. We got 30 minutes in. We got 30 minutes in when uh, we stopped recording, unbeknownst to us, and we got another half of an episode in. Yep. Yep. And then it was gone. Uh, And, you know, we got another half in. Luckily, we started talking about stuff again, and new topics came up. We didn't really repeat a lot of the topics, so there's a lot of stuff lost to the abyss (laughs) that you guys just missed out on. But it was fun. Uh, And the second conversation was fun, too. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, the pretty seamless, too, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, I haven't listened to it at all, but, yeah, it's hecka seamless. I don't remember. Neither do I. Yeah. I wasn't there. Anyway, uh, you know, there are always things I say at the beginning. Tim, why don't you give it a shot this time? I always say it. Okay. Uh, please. No, re- you're the worst at this. Anyway. <laughs> no, uh, please. shut up. No, shut up. Please give us reviews on iTunes or Apple Podcast. It really helps a ton. Dude, I was literally about to say that. But I just said it better. Links to the Facebook page. Also in the the description. You're going to put the link in the page then if you're the one talking about it. No, you know how to do it. You can't just say links in the show notes and I'm going to do it. You always say that. Yeah, because I'm always the one who does it. But now you're saying it so you gotta do it uh there will not be any links in the description because i don't know how to do that you heard it first i am an imbecile no take it back no anyway i feel like we should get into the show uh yeah but first we gotta open up as always what have what have you been into this week uh movies music books you read things um i just got uh some comic books from the library because that's how i roll we're not gonna talk about no that, we won't geek. Yep. what music have you been listening to uh the spider-man into the spider-verse soundtrack we already talked about that what movies have you been watching <sighs> nothing <sighs> i'm watching a failure i've been watching like tv shows i couldn't tell okay you tell movie. me what, what tv shows have you been watching uh, I've been rewatching Parks and Rec. Shut up! And um, also, Adam ruins everything, which I half recommend. That's old news. Yeah, I mean it's old news. I don't watch anything new. I'm sorry. I watched Jeopardy the other night. Wow. Well, okay, what have you been listening to that's so new? Uh, Switchfoot. Same, actually. <laughs> I, I did. <laughs> this. Um. Oh, I revisited Twenty One Pilots' last album. Liked it better the Trench. second. Yeah, Trench liked it better the second time around. I heard the singles and decided not to listen to the album. <laughs> See, I felt like I liked it. I liked it better than I thought I would. And I and again, like I say in this episode, I I don't know. I'm pretty sure I said it in this episode and it wasn't cut out. Uh, I listened to half an album and say I liked the album. <laughs> so if you like listen to the other half that I didn't listen to and you're like, wow, this is trash, it's Dan's fault. It's Dan's fault. Yes. It's always Dan's fault. It is. All right. Well, uh, why don't we play some theme music and listen to us talk about Switchfoot? That sounds way better than this. 
switch foot. Tim doesn't know a thing. Nope. Well, I honestly really. thought you at least listened to this album well, so that we could talk about it, but you didn't. I didn't know I was going to be on this podcast, and I've listened to what you've listened to on like the TV. Don't you know that you have a special part of this podcast? No. I thought I was the There's floor. a Tim-shaped hole. <laughs> but luckily, we have Paul. That's right. Who is Mr. Switchfoot. Mr. Switchfoot, indeed. Mm-hmm. He's wearing it upon his chest wearing right now. Switchfoot shirt and everything. Speaking of which, this is a, a photo from the Fading West. Mm-hmm. Did you guys ever watch that documentary? I didn't. I saw some of it. Like, I was busy, but I saw it in passing. It looked cool. But... It, was, it was pretty great. Yeah, it was really awesome. Yeah. I would highly recommend it. I don't know if it's on any social or, like, streaming platforms. It was on Netflix for like a month. I was gonna say I feel like it was on Netflix for a while, but it's not anymore. But probably have to go on their website and buy it for like thirty bucks. I don't think it's that expensive, but yeah, yeah, it's pretty good though. Got to make money somehow. Anyway, we're talking about native tongue today. Native tongue. Yeah, we're a couple weeks late, but that's okay. That's right. We'll blame Tim. <laughs> Tim, <laughs> color, color commentator gets the blame always. So. Mm-hmm. Every time. Yes. Uh so. Should we like say something broad or go through the track list? Yeah, we could just I'd start with the, for my overall outlook of the album. Um, I thought it was pretty great myself. I mean, I liked it. Being a Switchfoot fan, I guess I could be a little biased sometimes, mm-hmm. but uh, I actually this is probably one of my favorite albums they've done yet. Yeah. Um, you know, like I said, I'm a Switchfoot fan already, so I did like you know I I like their work in general, but. I really felt uh, this album was very, it was kind of unique, I thought, and, and it was, uh, I'm getting a little more into the later topics, I think, but very put together, very um, united message throughout the whole mm-hmm. album, which I thought was really cool, and just a lot of innovative uh, songs and, and uh, techniques they used and styles I thought were really cool. Yeah. I feel like whatever Switchfoot does, it's gonna be good. Mm-hmm. Like the, these guys are pros; they know what they're doing. They've been doing it for a long time. It's album number eleven. Wow, yeah, eleven albums. So, jeez, that's yeah. more albums than Tim's listened to. Probably. <laughs> that's not true. Tim listens to a lot of music. Well, I don't listen to whole albums though. I'm weird. Like I'll listen to half an album and be like, "Oh yeah, I liked the album." You are weird. <laughs> yeah. That's the first thing I do when I buy an album is I literally will sit down and listen to the entire thing all the way through. I've bought albums. I still haven't listened to all of them. Like I've, I've listened to half and I'm like, Oh yeah, it's a good album. I liked it. Yeah. Well, there are those people that don't even download albums. They pick and choose like one or two songs How? from an album. I don't know. That kind of makes my arms itch a little bit thinking right? about it. Yeah, me too. <laughs> yeah. I'm not quite that bad, but I'm close. Yeah. I'm definitely not that. I, I enjoy buying a, a whole album and listening to it at least two or three times through before I pick and choose what songs I really like. Yeah. Um, especially with vinyl. You know, we were just looking oh, yeah. at your vinyl collection. I, I really well, enjoy just throwing a, a that, vinyl on there. That's not even the good stuff. I know. <laughs> we had a lot of stuff. We had no idea what that stuff was. Yeah. Cardboard box of random 70s things. Mm. It was awesome. You can <laughs> listen to those. Yeah. Anyway. But, uh, yeah, I really liked it. So did I. And the first time I listened to it, I was like, all right, not as good as the last one. And then I listened to it again and I was like, oh, that's nice. And by the third time, I was like, I do like this a lot. You know, it's funny that you say that because Switchfoot, I find, I think I feel that way with every album. Mm-hmm. The first time I listened to it through, they, I'm always caught off guard a little bit. Uh huh. Because I think we've talked about this before. Switchfoot's one of those bands that, they they kind of have been evolving over the years, mm-hmm. and uh, we've talked about it many times outside of this po- podcast that uh, sometimes bands kind of lose their identity mm-hmm. as they evolve, and that that drives me crazy because you know I I like a band that can change things up but um, hold on to kind of that original identity of who they are, mm-hmm. and uh, I think Switchfoot does that really well. And almost every album that I've listened to of theirs, the first time through, I'm kind of like, huh, well, that was different, you know? Yeah. And then the second time through, I'm like, I 
I actually, I really yeah. like that sound a lot. Right. And then the third time through, I'm like, okay, I'm pumped. I love this album. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm totally on board with that for sure. Yeah. So you need to be convinced with every album. I think so. Yeah. But maybe that's just because you hold them to a higher standard. Maybe. Probably. Probably. And they have this this feel through all their albums. With whatever year it comes out, it feels very pop. It feels very modern, uh, kind of mainstream, but they are very alternative at the same time. And sometimes it's hard to tell if they're being hack. Because <laughs> sometimes, especially on this album, it's like before I like listen to a song, it's like, oh, this just sounds like a radio song. Mm. Until the end, then I give it a little bit of a harder. I can see that. I'm like, oh, yeah. That is good. Because they do, they do have kind of a, like you said, with each mm-hmm. album, kind of get that modern yeah, sound out there, which I guess, you know, bands, mm-hmm. that's a good thing. They, yeah. It's kept them in the mainstream for 11 albums, you know? Yeah. Uh, as long as they don't go too mainstream. I know. Because if a band goes too mainstream, uh-huh. you just feel like they're a sellout. And it's like, oh, yeah. I'm over that. <laughs> but like I said, Switchfoot has a way of kind of evolving their sound without losing who they are yeah which i think is is really unique actually because most bands i find i've found that especially you know getting into my 30s now i know i'm pretty old but oh <laughs> man <laughs> that's right uh a lot of the bands that i started listening to when i was younger you know your guys's age i don't care for anymore mm-hmm. there uh, there's very few switchfoot is probably one of the few that I still listen to their current stuff. Mm-hmm. Most most of the bands that I used to listen to, I, I'll go back to their albums that are 15 years old because that's the stuff I like, where the new stuff is just kind of, eh. <laughs> it gets boring. They change so much that they're not even them anymore. You know? And it, I don't like that. Yeah. For example, and some people might crucify me for it, but Reliant K, I'm kind of getting to the point where I used to love Reliant K. Well, I still yeah. do. I still love their old stuff. But their last, I would say, at least the last two albums, mm-hmm. I haven't been that crazy about. Well, I don't think anyone was crazy about Collapsible Lung. Collapsible Lung was terrible. Nobody I, liked that. I've, I'm about, I might as well delete it from my library because I've not even listened to it. Hot take. I like Don't Blink. There is, okay, I'll, I'll <laughs> give that one to you. There were a couple songs on there that weren't horrible. But here's the thing that I read more about it. Uh, they actually involved a lot more writers mm-hmm. in that. Some of those songs were written by um, people that wrote songs for other like popular mainstream artists. And as soon as I figured that out and saw that, it totally made sense. Because normally everything's like Matt Thiessen is pretty much the mastermind behind their albums. Yeah, And I don't know why he would do that because he kind of proved himself for... 12 years at that point more than that when did that come out that's been yeah. two or three years ago now yeah. so yeah yeah i don't know why i, I don't know why writers, that. but i didn't like it i yeah. you could tell it wasn't yeah his writing it wasn't genuine i didn't like it yeah it felt weird and mm-hmm. it was off the last one they did um air for free air for free that one was okay i liked air for free i liked it better once i heard him live at the Switchfoot concert that I went to yeah. a couple years back now. I went, went uh, looking to the Looking for America tour, which was awesome. Yeah. Um, and when I heard some of those songs from their new album live, I, mm. I liked it better. Yeah. Yeah, I was just talking with a friend about that kind of thing last night. Like, you can't see a band live and then listen to their stuff because a lot of times, if it's a band you've never heard of, it'll just be disappointing after the fact because... All music is better live. Oh, yeah. yeah. And I, I'm going to take that and pull us back to topic. I'm very grateful that John Foreman is never, ever going to quit writing. Right. <laughs> He's proved that he physically cannot <laughs> stop making his own music. I know. Yeah, but they took that break for about a year. Mm-hmm. They stopped touring and, and were supposedly taking a, a break. And then mm-hmm. come to find out that John and Tim had both been writing oh yeah what did they I, I read it once and i tried to find it before the podcast but i couldn't find it where i saw that that he had written like over a hundred songs oh, yeah. or something yeah. while he was on break yeah <laughs> while I, he was on break yeah. quote unquote 
I heard in like an interview with him once that for each album he writes like seventy songs and then just calls out the ones that he doesn't think yeah. are that great. I it's pretty amazing. Do believe I heard him say that he like will write about a junk like cup sitting there just because he's always doing it in his head. Mm. He, he he related some song to a trash cup or something. I don't that's, know. That's pretty amazing. <laughs> the way his mind works is, and I think that's one of the major reasons that I really love this band mm -hmm. is because you can tell that it's, it's their life. Yeah. You know, they're not just doing this for money. They're not doing it for fun. These guys, I mean, well, they take it seriously. They probably have fun. <laughs> Oh yeah, they, they probably they, have they, fun they very too. obviously. <laughs> I've seen them live, you know, and they very obviously have a lot of fun. But they do it because they love it, you know. It's it's not just a job for them, I guess, you know. And that, that's proof right there that even on break, they're writing like a hundred songs, you know, over a hundred songs during that year off. Yeah. And uh, seeing them live, if you guys haven't seen Switchfoot live, no, have you? no I would. Not. Very much recommend going to see them live. They yeah, are that'd be a fun show. They're probably one of the best. I've been to quite a few concerts before, and Switchfoot is probably the best band I've seen live. Yeah, and that, that's saying something because I've seen mm -hmm. some pretty good bands, but their live show was just incredible. And what struck me the most, aside from obviously just how amazing they are as far as musicians and, and singers and stuff, John Foreman singing live is just blows your mind makes me want to put my guitar away forever <laughs> but what struck me the most was even their you could just feel like their passion mm -hmm. for it and you could just it was so obvious how much they cared about their fans and how much they care about their the message they're trying to portray and and the passion that they have for the music and for the message that they're trying to get across with you know, whatever album that they're, the message of the album that they're doing at the time, which at that time was um, where the light shines through. Is that the title? Of the album? Yeah, I think it where was. the light shines through. Yeah. And uh, which was also an excellent album. It was a good album. Uh, I actually wrote down something. It was a quote from Tim Foreman that really encapsulated, I thought, uh, their passion for their music. Um, and he said, we play music because we love it, but we also play music because we want to see things change within ourselves and in the world around us. These are songs of hope and new beginnings, and we're always trying to get better at living that out. And that was a Tim Foreman. Uh, Tim, John's brother, had said, and, and I just thought that was pretty cool, you know, because it, it, it's really, and they mean it. <laughs> That's what impressed me about it, because you see, especially with bands that, claim to be Christian or yeah. say they're Christian, you know, you get this kind of like disingenuine, mm -hmm. you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, sure. You've seen a lot of Christian bands. There's some yeah. pretty plastic Christianity right. message thrown in. Right. Yeah. It just kind of comes off just generic and uh -huh. they say it and do it because they have to, mm -hmm. you know, because their audience is mm -hmm. predominantly Christian. So yeah. you got to please your audience, but you know, Switchfoot is it doesn't necessarily claim to be a Christian band, and they're not on a Christian label. But they they just portray who they are, mm -hmm. just through the you know just the genuine attitude and genuine spirit that they have yeah. in their their shows and stuff. And we had the chance to meet them at their last show, and they just yeah they're just really cool. You can tell when an artist or a band really cares and be and is genuine. And even then, like, even if it's not a genre that I'm particularly fond of or a band that I'm not real into, if I can tell that they're genuine, I, I like them a whole lot more than I generally would. For sure. And uh, I really, really related with the overall message of this album, I think more than I have with any of the others. Because mm -hmm. uh, th this one overall, I, I think... The, the message that they were trying to convey as a whole was really just like peace. Mm. Like at the, at the beginning, I think at track one, the, the let it happen, the opening track, I love opening tracks. Yeah, I think they're really important. 
And it just, it's a song that just sounds great. Yeah. I love the vocals, what he does with the vocals on that track. And then uh, the, the words that I can't remember at the moment, just talking about, oh, it reminds me of, I don't know, one of those times Jesus was talking, he liked to do that. And, and he was like, uh, tomorrow's evil is sufficient enough yes. for something like that. Let it have it. Yeah, you have it. I do. Oh, I almost wrote it I, down. I, I had the same then thought. I forgot. Because in the song it. he says, tomorrow knows what tomorrow knows. Yes. And you can't make it get here sooner. Uh-huh. And I'm right on the same page, man. It's Matthew chapter six. Yes. I, I, the first thing I thought of when that song was that verse. I love it. And at 33, he says, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. Take therefore no thought for the morrow, for the morrow shall take thought for the things of itself. For sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. Oh, I love that. Yeah, man. Yeah. I don't like right with you. <laughs> and I love how that's a message uh, of the song and it doesn't, uh, and the album, and it doesn't just leave it there. Like, don't worry. It also has a message of, like in native tongue, there is a, there is a goal in your actions to get there as well. Yeah. By, by, actively choosing to love other people and to take thought into what you're doing and saying mm-hmm. and how those things kind of go hand in hand, not to stress about how dark and loveless things are, but also to act towards it. Yeah. Yeah. It's I love it. Definitely a very strong theme in this, this album for sure. Okay. A lot of, a lot of, uh, talk about love obviously mm-hmm. and if, if you follow them on social media uh like instagram or facebook or anything like that they're definitely have been kind of hammering that message home a lot mm-hmm. on social media about love and you know, which is a timely message you know i i feel like this album has been um one of the most relevant to the um the social and political climate yeah right now because mm-hmm. this this our society right now is so full of division and yeah. and hate and and uh, just a lot of anger, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I feel like this album was their attempt at kind of drowning out. Well, like they they talk a lot about voices, you mm-hmm. know, in a, in a few different songs, not just the one titled "Voices," mm-hmm. uh, about drowning out those voices of hate, yeah. drowning out those voices of negativity, and and replacing it with love. That's what Native Tongue is all about. Yeah. You know, and they're talking about going back to our native tongue, which are what we originally were created for. We were created by a loving God. We were created in his image to be that love to each other and to uh, everyone around us. So it's such a cool and timely message that they have presented with this album. Yeah, like you said earlier, yeah. I, I really like, I always pay attention to the opening song. Mm-hmm. And uh, let it happen really struck me. It was it was such a cool opening. Strong like drums and, and guitar was really cool. And uh, obviously, I got the same message from it you did, and reminded me of that scripture, which was really cool. Uh, I guess we we can't talk about an album without talking about the title song, can we? Uh, Native. Tongue. I mean, we could. <laughs> <laughs> Why not? <laughs> What'd you think of it? Which I guess we, we kind of already touched on that a little uh-huh. bit. Actually, the only song that I've heard uh, beginning to end off this album. So, yeah, that was a, that was a single they put out before that, like in the fall, right? They did. They started releasing the album just kind of like one song at a time mm-hmm. uh, last late last year. Yeah, and uh, that was one of the ones they released. Yeah. The first handful of songs. Um. And that one was one of the first ones I heard, and I I loved it immediately. Yeah. Um, and Native Tongue reminded me of that, which is timely, because, mm-hmm. you know, we just had Martin Luther King Jr. Day. Uh-huh. Uh, his quote that says, darkness cannot drive out darkness, only light can do that. And hate cannot drive out hate, only love can do that. Oof. And that, this song really spoke to me on that level. Yeah. You know, that... There's so much, man, there's just so much on both sides of every Mm -hmm. issue. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not just one side or the other. Both sides are so full of just anger and and lashing out. Mm -hmm. And, you know, like he said, hate cannot drive out hate. Only love can do that. I love that. 
such a good quote. He was such a yeah inspirational man. I, it mm-hmm. it is so, so sad even to this day. You know, he died long before I was born. That he was taken mm-hmm. so young at that age because he was he's the type of person that we need right oh, now. Oh yeah, we're sure. we're in such desperate need for a for somebody that is, uh, you know, a champion of change, mm-hmm. but in the right way. Oh yeah, uh, yeah, somebody uh, really rooted in the kind of love shown in scripture. Yes, because because he's you don't often. See, like it, everybody kind of praises him, but in the mainstream, you don't see how much of his faith informed everything he did. Mm-hmm. And if if you actually read what he said, a lot of the times in full, and not just the little quotes, there right. was a lot about. Oh faith. yeah, yeah. Uh, I also I want to point out on the song "Dig New Streams." I might. I I wonder if anybody else caught this. It sounds like a Beatles song. Oh yeah, I it does. It changes like the whole tone like three different yeah. times, and, and just the way it opens, it. I, I I think it sounds like a Beatles song. It's a very cool song. Yeah, it's one of their more ambitious ones. I think when yeah. it comes to music, um, I was reading a little bit about it. They they were saying that uh, they were actually striving to be more ambitious with that song. Mm-hmm. They wanted to test things out and, and experiment a little bit with their music. Yeah. And they, they were saying that they even like traded instruments. Like John ended up behind the drums and Tim Foreman, who was normally the bassist was busting out like guitar solos and stuff. So mm-hmm. yeah, it was pretty cool. And it really comes out in that song. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. That, that's my tied favorite with let it happen. Very cool song. I really enjoyed that one a lot, but not all of them. One, the one that I would say that, uh, was a little bit different mm-hmm. for me was um, the hardest the, art. Yes. Yeah. Featuring that Kayla Sinclair. Yeah. It was that, really, that one was a little different. Sounded kind of Owl City-ish. Yes. That's what I, <laughs> <laughs> it was had a little Owl, Owl City vibe going on in there. Yeah. Uh, but <laughs> like I said, with, with, with uh, Switchfoot, their sound really can vary just a lot in their new albums. They yeah. just do whatever they feel like doing. And, and it, like I was talking to you the other day, I was trying not to use all of our talking points before <laughs> our podcast, but I I feel like even their songs, the first time I hear them, if, if it's not exactly like the genre or style that I really would mm-hmm. purposefully listen to, mm-hmm. I end up liking them anyway because yeah, they're they're the message and the lyrics behind them are so profoundly I know like relatable and relevant that I end up loving the songs even the ones that at first I'm kind of like, I don't know how I feel about that one. I know. I end up loving them because yeah. they're just so meaningful. Yeah. Um, that happened to me with the the song uh, Joy Invincible. That was going to be my punching bag. Yeah. I was like, oh, right. it's kind of cheesy radio right. song. And then I listened to the actual lyrics uh-huh. and it paints like, like just in the verses, just this uh, portrait of hardship. And then uh, what does the chorus say? Uh, Hallelujah, nevertheless, is the song mm-hmm. Pain Can't Destroy or something yeah. like that. And it's like, oh, just wreck me, why don't you? Yeah. Because <laughs> I was kind of the same joint. It was kind of like one of those when you first breeze through it, you're like, eh, yeah, it was, yeah, it was okay. Yeah. But then you listen to the, really listen to those lyrics and the first verse, uh, he says something about seeing, uh, seeing somebody in a <laughs> hospital gown. Yeah. Uh, which le- leads me to believe that maybe he's singing of a personal experience. Because mm-hmm. um, I, I do know his daughter at some point ended up hospitalized, and I can't remember if it was some sort of illness. It, they talked about it a little bit in Fading West, mm-hmm. that documentary. And I know he went through a tough time with that, you know, with his daughter. I, can't, I don't want to say what it was because I can't remember for sure, and I don't want to give false information. <laughs> but I can see that, this song obviously I think meant a lot to him. Yeah. Cause it looks like it came from some very personal experience and, and uh, <clears throat> I think we all can relate to that yeah. on that level, you know, of going yeah. through hardship and, <laughs> and finding the joy from the Lord through 
the most seemingly darkest of times. Yeah. You know, and I, I think everybody can relate to that on some level. So I know Tim I, can. I enjoyed that too. <laughs> <laughs> He's sitting here with his beanie holding his wet hair up. You're not, you're not being a very colorful commentator. I know. Well, I, I, <laughs> what happened to the football guy who doesn't know about football? Yeah. Uh, well, I, I feel like it's a good conversation and I don't want to ruin it with whatever bull crap I have to say. <laughs> uh, uh, I probably won't listen to the whole way through because I'm so ADD. 52 minutes and 14 songs is too much for me. It goes by really fast. It does. This was one of the songs I was like, 14 songs, wow. And then it's like over like that. And you're like, oh. I had one one note that if when I first heard the song when they first released uh, Voices, uh huh, did you guys get a Twenty One Pilots vibe from that? Oh no, I didn't. I didn't link that. No, I haven't heard the song. So you goober. I, I told you, <laughs> Native Tongue is the only one that I've actually heard. Yeah, I've heard like little bits. I think you'd like Voices. I think you would. Fair enough. You and your 21 Pilots beanie there. I, it's not red. <laughs> but I did. I, I got kind of a 21 Pilots vibe off that one. Yeah. And at first, that, that kind of threw me off a little bit. Yeah. Because, I mean, I like 21 Pilots. <laughs> Speaking of mainstream sellers. They're fine. <laughs> but yeah, I was like, what are they trying to do? Be 21 Pilots? Like, come on. But the yeah. more I listened to it, obviously, the more I, I liked mm-hmm. it. And it, it has their own sound. It just it just kind of reminded me of them. And yeah. At first, I thought maybe it was a little derivative, but it turned out to be a, a really cool song, actually. Sure did. You know what song Tim would like? Which one? Uh, Take My Fire. Yes. That one's oh. real riffy. It's yes. real good. That's, yeah. that's the next one on my list, for sure. Oh. One of my favorite. Probably top three. You know, on this album, I would say. Yeah. What What are your other two? Uh, obviously, really enjoyed Native Tongue. Really enjoyed Voices. Uh, Dig New Streams was really cool. Um, as far if we're talking, like, <laughs> I know, I'm going, I'm going off, but I, I would say if we're talking like what meant the most to me, as far as just like easy listening, for sure, um, like Take My Fire, Voices, and probably like. Um, Dig new streams, but if we're talking like meaningful, mm-hmm. what really spoke to me the most um, would be the two songs that really spoke to me the most would be the strength to let go, mm-hmm. and uh, that one for that reason was because it it really encapsulated a feelings that I've had before. It really spoke to me in a way because it reminded me a lot of myself. Mm-hmm. Um, I've said it lots of times um, in church and things that, you know, I'm a fixer, I'm a doer. And when I face hardship and things in my life that are, that I'm going through that are hard and and, um, difficult to navigate through in life, I have a tendency to want to do it myself. Yeah. And, And I'm sure a lot of people can relate with that, but, you know, I'm always trying to just I'm holding on, you know, I'm holding on with both with two hands and, and trying to fix things and trying to navigate my own way through. And, and, uh, that song really spoke to me because I felt like, like I said earlier, that, uh, it almost feels like it was written about me, you know, when I heard that song, especially like the Don't second, flatter yourself. especially like <laughs> <laughs> the second or third time through, I was like, holy, wow, these lyrics like really are talk are speaking me you know because um when it talks about you know give me the strength to let go and uh give me the strength to surrender so i've been holding on and and sometimes we think of letting go is is kind of the easy thing but really and i found in my life an experience that letting go is one of the hardest things for me to do because like i said i'm i'm trying to make things right I'm trying to find a way to fix what's wrong. Yeah. And sometimes, not sometimes, every time, <laughs> every time I, I end up finding myself in, in prayer and saying, God, help me release this burden. Take it from me. Mm-hmm. Give me the strength to let go of this and to surrender it to you because that's not easy to do. 
No, I, I remember thinking about that like in different times in my life where people would like give me that advice, Dan, just let go. It's like I can let go with my hands because I know how to move those muscles, but I do not have that much control over my brain. Like, it's, it like there's easy. no let go muscles in my brain that I can automatically yeah. just do it. Right, exactly. Yeah, because yeah, you hear that so many times. Oh, just let go. Just let go of it. Just let it go. Come on. Yeah. And you're like, oh, yeah, that sounds easy. <laughs> that's not how my brain works. But exactly. That's not where I am at in my life. That's not where my my brain is operating under. My brain is operating under the mentality of fix this. Mm-hmm. Find a way. Find a solution. Yeah. I puzzle it out. And yeah. I dwell on it forever until I finally, like, I'm sure you can relate. You get to that point where you finally have to break down and say, God. Yeah. Give me a strength to let go of this and surrender it to you because I know I can't do this on my own and, and I need you to fix it for me because I've puzzled all the way around it for days Yeah, and I can't do it. Yep. And God's like, oh, you know what? This is a pretty good arc. I'm going to tell John Foreman about it. <laughs> <laughs> and then John writes a song about my life. Thanks, John. <laughs> Through this game of divine telephone. <laughs> Thank you, John. Brand name. Divine Telephone. <laughs> the other one. Divine Telephone game. <laughs> the other one that I that I really liked that spoke to me a lot was, uh, which I think I had imagined spoke to many people, because it's um, it's such a um, another buzzword relatable <laughs> message. <laughs> Prodigal Soul was yeah. one that I was really impressed by, and uh, being obviously, if you've listened to the song, you know that. They're basing that song on the parable uh, that Jesus told of the prodigal son. And uh, I know that all of us who have found uh, found salvation, have found, you know, Jesus have gone through the, the times of feeling unworthy. You know, we, we go through times of, um, I don't know how many times I've asked myself, you know, God, God how can you forgive me? again and again and again uh, i'm not worthy of this i'm not i'm not worthy to be your son you know and in that that story it you know talks about the son taking his his inheritance and and squandering it away and leaving his father and 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 realizing when he's basically living in squalor and eating the food meant for the pigs, the swine, that he's like, I don't deserve to be welcomed back. Maybe my father will take me as a servant. And what's so awesome and beautiful about that story is to know, is to see that his father not only is ready and willing to welcome him back, but is literally waiting standing watch for his son to return because he is he's desperate for his son to come back and he's immediately runs to him and and falls on his neck and brings him home and as you know we know the story kills the fatted calf and and celebrates that his son returns and and what a it's just such an encouraging message to me you know to all of us to anyone that's um, feeling unworthy or feeling like we're not, you know, that we're unclean and that we're not worth saving, that we're not worth the time or that we're not worthy to come home. Just, it's so encouraging. And I, I love that song and, and the message yeah. behind it. Yeah. And uh, I would also say that those two songs for sure, for me, were, were two of his best vocal performances on the album. Yeah. And yeah. I thought his vocals in both those songs were just incredible. Um, I mean, he has a, he's an, just an awesome vocalist anyway. Yeah. And I thought overall the album sounded really great vocally uh, for an aging artist. I know I'm disgusting. It's <laughs> like 45. I know. I know. But coffee kills vocal cords and yeah john you're like a fine wine my friend you're better with age. <laughs> i wouldn't know <laughs> but absolutely i i totally agree that the vocals on the, the album were just 
really good. And those two mm-hmm. songs for mm-hmm. sure stood out to me for yeah. vocals, especially. Yeah. And uh, he's not like, a, uh, 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 this is going to be a little more applicable now because I'm recording this like a week before it's going to go out. Uh, he's not like Madame Latrine at the Super Time Bowl Party show. <laughs> <laughs> Where I'd like people like that, where they sing live and you're just like, gross. Yeah. How do they do like yeah. people who sing live and they're terrible? Uh, you, you've said that he was really good live. Oh yeah. Excellent live. Um, like I said before, it's, it's for sure. I'm not just speaking in hyperbole when I say it, it was probably the best show I've ever been to. Um, and plus one point for use of hyperbole. Yeah. <laughs> I believe it's hyperbole. 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 <laughs> the epitome of hyperbole. So we're not, we're not getting paid by Brian Regan or anything. No. We can use it. <laughs> Probably. I don't know. I don't know how copyright works. <laughs> yeah. Excellent show. Uh, we talked about this earlier, how they, um, their passion for music and their, their fans really comes out in in their live shows, especially, mm-hmm. you know, we had, we had the chance to meet them. We bought the, we bought the VIP. Oh, wow. Yeah. You're doing really well. Valuable. Make it rain. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so we got to meet them before the show and, uh, they were really cool. Obviously, you know, yeah. it was kind of a quick thing. It's, mm-hmm. It wasn't really what I expected. It was like a usher through the line, get a picture, introduce <laughs> yourselves. But even in the just he's looking back and forth at the line. Oh, so this is what the cream of Denver looks like. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, in that show, what really impressed me, uh, um, I feel like I've told this story before. Uh, You have. (laughs) So we're talking vocals. I mean, he puts on this incredible show. You know, he's. For like two hours. I, I don't know how long the show exactly was, but it, I'm sure it was somewhere around about two hours or so. And uh, just awesome. Like, you wouldn't even know. I, I don't know if the man fatigues. I mean, he just right. sang so well. And obviously the musicianship is good and everything. They uh, play things well. They with do. their fingers. They do very well. As a matter of fact, and I would say boots. a lot of the songs that we heard live mm-hmm. uh, were even better than like the album. Oh, yeah. Live music is just generally better. It was incredible. Some of the songs yeah. they played were just blew my mind. Because yeah. some of my favorite songs they, mm-hmm. they have played in the past. Mm-hmm. And when those songs started playing, and I'd get excited, obviously, initially, uh-huh. because it's one of my favorite songs. Yeah. But then I was just like blown out of the water because they were so much better than even what I had heard on the records that yeah. I was just so pumped. Yeah. And so he goes through this whole show. Right. And then, uh, me and, and my wife and I, and, and, uh, it was probably about 30 people or so went around to the, um, the back of the venue uh-huh. where they leave to go back to their buses. And like I said before, I put on, you know, I, I, lead worship in our, our local church. And by after like a 20, 30 minute session of leading worship, I'm like, I'm ready to sit down and be done. <laughs> but here's John playing like two hours. And then after that, we meet him out back. And, uh, and did he like find you with your welder's mask as you were crawling under the bus or? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was creeping. What did he say about that? What was <laughs> He's like, hey, aren't you the guy that was holding me up in the crowd? Oh, yeah, I am. No, he didn't really say that. <laughs> I, <laughs> Weren't you holding me earlier? <laughs> I, was, I was holding him. So <laughs> after that, uh, he kind of shook hands, and we, we uh, talked for a little bit. And uh, he's like, hang on, guys. I'm, I'm going to go grab my guitar. And we were like, what? <laughs> and he left. And so he, yeah. he, he just, he just went on to the next city. So he, so he disappeared <laughs> just for a little bit. Next thing you know, he comes back and he's literally, he's got his guitar and he breaks it out on, on a street corner there with about 30 of us and plays like another like 40 minute set of acoustic songs. And it, it just, I was so impressed because that just showed to me the level of commitment he has to his fans and, and mm-hmm. really the passion that he has for his music and, and how much he really cares for his fans. 
And yeah. I, I really can't emphasize that enough. I don't know how to say it in a different way, but throughout that whole show, the whole process, meeting them in the beginning and then being in the show and then the after show, yeah. those guys just put off such a cool, genuine yeah. vibe of like really caring about their fan base. Like yeah. They weren't just out to just make a buck off of us, you know? Yeah. And it was, it was really cool. It was, it was quite the experience. I mean, they still made a buck off you. They sure did. <laughs> they made quite a few bucks off of me. Because <laughs> as we said before, VIP. <laughs> they were so happy to take your money. They were, they were enthused. <laughs> yes. uh, he was playing on the street corner and he sees the like 50s sticking out of his pockets. And back John's like, oh. <laughs> Oh, that was great. It was a good show. Yeah. Really, really enjoyable. I was going to ask you, uh, I heard that they don't play tracks when they play live. No. Yeah. Uh, I wanted to know if that was true or not. Uh, yeah. yeah. Now, there are maybe a couple songs that have, you know, when, when bands have like a, well, we talked about things maybe being synthesized or, uh-huh. or uh, you know, produced if they had a song like that, that they played where there was some kind of like, you know, synthesizer track or, uh-huh. or um, something that you can't physically play with a guitar uh-huh. or drums, obviously that's not keyboard. Something kind of recording fakers. might be in there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, for the most part, man, it was just, just raw organic instrumental. It was, I love oh, it was awesome. Yeah. That's cool. And I, I really enjoy that because as you guys know, I have said it, in lots of conversations we've had because we tend to talk about music most uh-huh. of the time we're hanging mm-hmm. out. I don't like bands that are overproduced. Yeah. Uh, and over synthesized. I mean, if they start out that way, like mm-hmm. we talked about 21 pilots yeah. earlier, I mean, that is their kind of, that's their bread and butter. Mm-hmm. That's where they started and they did it in a unique way mm-hmm. for them. And uh, so whatever it is, what it is, they're not like my favorite band or anything, but when you have a band that goes from being like the that kind of organic garage rock to uh-huh. kind of turning into this oversynthesized, name the names, <laughs> then that bothers me, and and I, I really don't like that. And I uh-huh. so I've always really enjoyed that Switchfoot has uh-huh. held true to that. Yeah, that they're they're musicians mm-hmm. and they play. And they play well. And they're holding on to kind of both ends. They are. Pulling them together like yeah. Spider-Man. Like we talked about the one song, The the Hardest Art, yeah. has a little bit of that kind of like yeah. electronic sort of synthesized Owl City type do, sound to do, it. Do, do, do. But in a, in, if that's just a, a small part of the album, I don't mind that. Mm-hmm. Um, but like I mentioned to you guys before that uh, bands like, I just listened to the new 30 Seconds to Mars album not too long ago. When did that, that come out? I don't even know. I didn't even know they came out with a new album because no. they hadn't done anything in so I long. No, they were still a band. My wife told me. <laughs> and so I went and listened to a couple songs and I listened to like two or three songs and turned it off because I, I couldn't yeah. handle it. It just yeah. sounded like, I don't know. Was it one of those Leto needs a new yacht things? Maybe. <laughs> Let us make, looking to make a few extra bucks off yeah. the mainstream mm-hmm. tastes. Yeah. Nice that buzz ordering. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> we should yeah. have a, yeah. like a counter <laughs> just a, every time you say mainstream because yeah. mainstream or alt rock yeah last episode it was alt rock <laughs> and this one it's mainstream it's disgusting <laughs> and here's my formal apology uh, you want to talk closing track are we ready for that closing tracks yeah yeah i i actually really like the closing track uh you're the one that i want and uh, you're gonna be all right. We're we're gonna be all right. Was good. I really like that too. I I liked the the way you're the one that I want ended it. It's not my favorite ending track of all time because I'm really picky there. It's not even my favorite Switchfoot closing track. That sure. That's where I belong, and it probably always will be. Uh, but I thought it was nice. It ended it real soft. Yeah, like I agree with you on that one because uh, like like we're talking about the whole theme of the album, you know, being about love and, and peace and. Mm-hmm. I, I felt like those two last two songs really wrapped it up really nicely because it, it just made sense, uh-huh. you know, because love is that way. It's, mm-hmm. it's chill and, and 
easy going, you yeah. know, and with the world right now that's so tense and so mm-hmm. wound up all the time, those songs I think were just a really fitting ending. Um, and just left me feeling like really like peaceful. Yeah. When I heard the lap, like hit the last couple songs at the very end of that last song, I was like, man, I just, just yeah. feel good. Yeah. I just feel good about myself. I feel good about life. Yeah. I feel good about love. Mm-hmm. And, uh, one cool thing about the second to last song, mm-hmm. um, I'm spacing on the title. Oh, uh, you're going to be all right. We are going to be, gonna be all right. right. That was another, it reminded me of a moment in their, their show that we saw where they gathered on stage. Um, it was one of their very last songs they played. It may have been the last one, actually. Yeah. And they kind of turned the lights up. You know, it wasn't as theatrical. And, um, and they all just kind of gathered around a bongo drum mm-hmm. with an acoustic guitar. And the guys just kind of sang around one mic, and uh, it was just a, just a cool, easygoing, fun way to end the show, you know, with the yeah. crowd singing along. And it was just nice. not a big, crazy show. It was just like you know, you felt like you were, I don't know, just like jamming with your buddies mm-hmm. or something, you know, just like mm-hmm. it was cool. Yeah, and that's what that song reminded me of, of a lot of. Yeah, of, me and uh, the fellas. Around the bongo drum. (laughs) In our drum circle. (laughs) (laughs) It was really good, though. I I enjoyed the the both those final songs. I'm with you that uh, it's probably not my most favorite Mm -hmm. ending track, but Mm -hmm. I think it went very well with this Mm -hmm. album as a whole. Are we going to call that good? Well, I have a question for both of you. It's really? Just, it's, not, it's, a, it's just a music question. It doesn't so much have to do with Switchfoot. Mm-hmm. But I'm just curious like how <clears throat> you two work. For myself, when I am deciding whether I like a song or not, I listen to the lyrics first before I really consider the music. Like If I just don't like the music, uh-huh. then I'm, I, I probably won't like the song. But really, I... Mm-hmm. I make my decision on whether I like the song or this album on the lyrics before I really consider the music. I was wondering, do you guys even think about that or what? I do, do, but I don't have a system like that. Uh, It's generally whatever catches me first. If the lyrics like come right out and catch me first, that's what I pay attention to first. If the music comes out and catches me first, that's what I pay attention to first. Mm -hmm. I found myself, I think I'm drawn to the music yeah. more at first myself. Like I like Dan said, I don't think I have real, like a real system, but typically the music is what strikes me first. Mm-hmm. Um, just as a, you know, as a musician and just as a music lover, uh-huh. if, especially with rock, mm-hmm. there's like when well, the opening track of the album, for instance, the way it starts out really caught me really quick. And uh, also, um, Take My Fire, that yes. one struck me really uh, right off the bat, too. Yeah. And uh, so typically I'm more the other way around. I think yeah. the music hits me first, mm-hmm. and then and then I'll pay attention to the lyrics after I've listened to it probably a couple of times and really rocked out. Then, then I'm like, oh, yeah. what's the song actually trying to say now? <laughs> yeah. Fair enough. But Switchfoot, I find myself maybe leaning more toward the way you, like you said, because Switchfoot, all their lyrics are always so meaningful mm-hmm. that I do, I think I tend to be listening to their message more than maybe a lot of other bands. Yeah. Because a lot of bands I listen to, I listen to just because their music is cool. Mm-hmm. Their lyrics are really shallow and don't really mean anything. Yeah, there's a few bands that I listen to like that, but for the most part, when I find a new band, I like listen to some music, but I... I'll listen to it, but I my main thing is, what are you trying to say here? What's the point? Yeah. You've got me here. What are you going to do with my attention? Sure. Tim's looking down at iTunes, and he's saying that out loud. <laughs> it's kind of weird sometimes. <laughs> it is. <laughs> what are you trying to tell me? <laughs> what are you saying? He's walking the dog. <laughs> I think it depends on the band for me, you know, because... Like I said, there's there's a lot of bands. Well, like Switchfoot, for instance, bringing it back around to them again. I listen to them purposefully because I do really enjoy their message and I really enjoy their um, 
like relate to their the things they're saying and I believe in what they're saying, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, where there's a lot of bands that I listen to solely for the purpose of just because I feel like rocking out once in a while, yeah. you know, and I, I really have no clue what they're talking about half the mm-hmm. time, <laughs> you know, because some some lyrics can be so ambiguous and right, but you're just like, what? Yeah. I have no idea what you just said, but bro, that guitar riff was right. sweet, right? Exactly. Like, yeah. uh, like Benjamin Booker uh, in his first album, I could hardly understand what that guy was saying. That's just because until it, I paid attention. That's just because his singing style is so, yeah. Weird, yeah, but yeah. Uh, but actually, he's a pretty good writer when you listen to his lyrics. Yeah, or like Royal Blood. Yeah, I, yeah. I introduce you those guys. Yeah, mm-hmm. th- they're one of those bands that I like. I turn off my brain when it comes to lyrics. Right. I have to because mm-hmm. it's like, wow, this isn't much of anything, <laughs> yeah. is it? <laughs> lyrics don't mean much. They just sound cool. Yeah. Uh, but that's that's one one thing about Switchfoot that I've appreciated over the years is that they've stuck true to trying to make a difference, you know, yeah. trying to make a change and for the better, which yeah. is always really cool in a band. Yeah. And that, that speaks volumes to me because you, you have so many bands these days that claim to be, you know, Christian uh-huh. that like we talked about earlier, just that very generic kind of, uh-huh. yeah. yeah. And they're just like generic message, generic lyrics, just, they're doing it because they probably couldn't make it as a secular band, and <laughs> yeah. so they got on a Christian label instead. Yeah. And here's name names, do it, <laughs> do it, no, don't do it. Yeah, <laughs> but like we talked about, <laughs> they're not going to hear it. <laughs> here's Switchfoot. That's not even on a Christian label or anything, but uh-huh. they just they have that just such a, a great message, you know, and a positive vibe. I, I see the love of Christ come out in their their songs as well as just their like social media presence is, and their, it's almost like you can see the fruit, right? <laughs> exactly. You know, the, the scripture says they will know you are Christians by your love. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what we should be portraying because, you know, that's, that's how we're supposed to be known mm-hmm. in this world. That's how we're supposed to live is, yeah. is to uh, portray the love of Christ to those around us. And I think they do an excellent job of that even though they're not, you know, labeling themselves as a Christian band, quote unquote. Yeah. They, they do it just by showing their fruits, by, yeah. by bearing that, um, by showing that love on a regular yeah. basis. They're like the Mr. Rogers of here it comes alt rock. Right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Minus the sweater. Although I would, we should start like a petition or just send them sweaters. <laughs> I'll bring him one. I'm gonna go see him again. Oh, nice. On well, this yeah, tour. Yeah, going to see him again on the native tongue tour. Nice. Super pumped about that. Yeah. yeah. Oh Colony House is with him, isn't it? Yeah, Colony House is gonna be playing with him. That's fun. Um, I like Colony House. I listened to a little bit of them. Is he the one that he said was Stephen Curtis Chapman's kid? One of those big Christian peoples, yeah. There's two two of his sons. Oh, okay. Yeah. I listened to a little bit of them just kind of in preparation for the fun for the alt uh, rock <laughs> <laughs> for a little uh, preparation for the show. Yeah, but, uh, yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't know much of their stuff really. Yeah. So uh, we're coming up on our time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Tim, say something profound to end this. I can quote a man that I don't really like all that much, Derek Webb. Um, just going back a few minutes. If the word Christian is used as anything other than a noun, it's purely marketing. Mm. Just, it's purely marketing move, and mm-hmm. it doesn't mean much. It's just we want to take the Christians' money, right. so we yeah. need to we need to put Christian in front of our band and give it a vaguely spiritual right. twist mm-hmm. to our lyrics. Yeah, exactly. And that's why a lot of time I find myself. Preferring to listen to bands that are just straight up secular because yeah yeah at least they're not lying to you yeah, about exactly. who they are they're not they're not trying to pretend to be something else or trying to sell me just because of yeah who I claim to be mm-hmm. so I end up leaning towards some of that a lot of the time just yeah. for that sake yeah yeah but not in this case because this not is in this, case. this is pretty pretty yeah, genuine these, these are legit. In this yeah. case, Switchfoot, Native Tongue, highly recommended. Yeah. Awesome uh, band, awesome album. 
Yeah. Great message. Uh -huh. It's all about love, man. Yeah. Peace I and love. love. Peace and love. Uh, peace and love out. Say no. Yeah. <laughs> no. No. <laughs> Album, four out of five stars. That outro. Zero. Zero stars for that <laughs> outro. All right. Awesome. Well, if you don't like my outros, then you should just do better. All right. I will. Do it. All right. Do our outro. Guys, that was so much fun. Shut up. All right. He's got his hands in the air. I do. It's, they're going right around <laughs> his throat. It wasn't that much fun. <laughs> Dude, I don't know what to do. Yeah, see? So you can't criticize my outros. Ah, uh, yes, I can. And I continue to, and I will continue to do so. All right. Well, what do you what do you do? What do you say? How do you say it better? Guys, thank you for listening. We I, we hope you enjoyed it as much as we enjoyed making it. Why are your hands in the air? Because I like to do this when I talk and no one can well, see me. <laughs> Get on Facebook. Tell us what you thought of the album. Tell us what you thought of our conversation. Tell us what you think we should cover in later episodes. Mm-hmm. I love it. There will be a link to the Facebook in, in the show notes, but true you guys story. know how to use Facebook. It's Come true. On. You're adults. You can Come do whatever on. you want. Come on. Anyway. Right. Yeah. Uh, send us off, Tim. Talk to you guys later. Wow. What are you thinking, Tim? <laughs> I, my, what I was literally just thinking is I have never been more useless to a conversation.